Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Successful. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your monday night raw post show for june 12th 2023 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots beer garden thank you guys very much for joining me on your monday evenings wherever you may be we are more Undisputed than Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley got gifted a brand new women's championship tonight as the WWE overhaul of their championships continues. Seven weeks, eight weeks after the WWE draft, man. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. That was the big story tonight. Rhea Ripley gifted a brand new, what they are now calling the World Women's Championship or the Women's World Heavyweight Championship on Monday Night Raw. Whereas Asuka on SmackDown is now the undisputed Women's Champion. The WWE Undisputed 
women's champion. I don't think this company, I don't think Vince McMahon, I don't think Bruce Prichard understand the definition of the term undisputed. Shouldn't that term only be used when titles are merged together? Shouldn't that term only be used when titles are unified together? I don't know. Sounds like Asuka is a greater champion than Rhea Ripley with the undisputed in her title name. I don't know. I don't know. But that's WWE for you. Confusing the shit out of everybody with their fucking titles. And the merry-go-round of titles continues here in WWE. I talked about this this morning as I uploaded a video on this very topic, and I knew this was coming, and I said exactly what was going to happen tonight because I'm fucking Nostradamus, man. I, I just get it. I just get it. There's nobody, there's nobody better than me. Nobody. I do this shit every single day, day in and day out. Nobody is on my level, man. Told you exactly what was going to happen tonight, and that's exactly what we got. Now, this report came... From Fightful, and WWE apparently is frustrated. They heard from WWE sources with a simple misuse of the term undisputed. They are frustrated with the undisputed championships. Rhea Ripley was gifted the World Women's Championship tonight, and Asuka is now the WWE Undisputed Women's Champion. Roman Reigns is the undisputed universal heavyweight champion. Rhea Ripley and Seth Rollins are the world heavyweight champions. One higher up said to Fightful that that's adamantly confusing. I don't know why there is an insistence on doing that, says this source. And a lot of people have brought that up and it has been dismissed. This reeks... This reeks of 50-50 creative. On one hand, you got Vince McMahon getting what he wants. On the other hand, Triple H is trying to make sense of all this, and he's working within the boundaries given to him because Vince McMahon is a fucking maniacal control freak. That's all this is. And if you don't think that's the case, then I'm going to need you to go take a fucking walk. Because that's exactly what this is. Triple H does not want all these championships. Triple H does not want all this confusion. Triple H does not want all this frustration. This is simply a byproduct of worlds and creative clashing within WWE. Now, Rhea Ripley was gifted this championship tonight. And I will admit, I will admit, this championship actually looks better than the one Rollins has. I love the white strap. I actually think it looks like a legitimate women's championship and all it is really is WWE took Rollins belt put it on a white strap and called it the women's world heavyweight championship so we will have the world heavyweight championships on Monday Night Raw and we will have the undisputed WWE championships on SmackDown that's the way it seems to be as WWE is getting rid of their branded Raw and SmackDown named titles, which I wasn't a big fan of anyway, but that's what they're doing. At the end of the day, I feel like this will work out better. 
At the end of the day, I think people will get over this just like they got over everybody else or everything else. But it is confusing. The term undisputed is definitely confusing. If you use the term undisputed, that means one is greater than the other. Asuka is not greater than Rhea Ripley, and Rhea Ripley is not greater than Asuka. They're both women's champions on their respective brand. The term undisputed should be used for nobody but Roman Reigns as he holds the Universal title and the WWE title. He is the undisputed champion. Simple. I don't know why we're using this term undisputed. A lot of people, now WWE is not using undisputed for Asuka like I'm using it. I'm using it very loosely here. But WWE eagle-eyed fans have seen on the title plate that it says undisputed champion. I don't know why, unless WWE wants to differentiate the titles by the undisputed terminology. But you can't be calling one undisputed and the other not. It doesn't make sense and it does make it very confusing like the source said to Fightful. Now, the titles are continuing to undergo change. I don't know what WWE is going to do with their men's tag team titles. That's the next set of titles that needs some rectifying on WWE TV. We cannot have Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens carrying around tag team championships from both Raw and SmackDown. One's red, one's blue. I mean, it looks lame. That's the next thing that we need to fix. One universal set of tag team titles, and that is it. But more than likely, I'm not going to get my wish on that like I've been asking for since 2016. What WWE is probably going to do is they're going to do the same exact thing with that, that they did with Seth Rollins and Rhea Ripley and with Asuka and Roman Reigns. We are going to get the World Heavyweight Tag Team Championships, and we are going to get the WWE Tag Team Championships. That is the next set of titles that needs a change. The Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Championships will go bye-bye. Right now, WWE is calling them the Undisputed Tag Team Championships. They are not. They're red and they're blue. They represent Raw and SmackDown. So that needs to be fixed and it needs to be given some new hardware. Because those titles are fucking hideous. And then we move on from the Intercontinental. That stays on Gunther on Monday Night Raw. Austin Theory's got the United States Championship. And then the Women's Tag Team Championships, they're being merged together. They're being unified. The NXT Women's Tag Team titles are going away. They never should have been created. I wish I could fucking piss on them and burn them alive and move on. Because this title was absolutely a waste of time since its inception. And they are being merged. And now Ronda and Shayna who will win that match against Isla Dawn and Alba Fire, they will win those tag team titles, they will unify them, and Ronda and Shayna will wrestle on NXT when necessary, like the original plan should have been. Instead of creating NXT women's tag team titles just for the sake of creating NXT women's tag team titles. The only reason why NXT women's tag team titles were created was because Vince didn't want Triple H to use main roster talent on NXT when he was running NXT. So Triple H got the okay to make new tag team titles on NXT so he didn't have to bother Vince McMahon by taking main roster talent and putting them on Wednesday night when NXT was still black and gold. I know I'm in the ballpark. I I know. Uh, Listen, I know. I get it. I get it. I've been saying this shit for years, man. That's exactly the way it is. So that's what happened. That is what happened with Rhea Ripley tonight. I think we'll all get over it. The title looked, I thought the title looked very attractive. I like that new world heavyweight championship. I think it's a great looking title. Some people don't like it. Some people are just stuck on big gold. It's a take on big gold. But I think Rhea Ripley looks great with the championship around her waist. 
And that is the latest in WWE remaking their championships and differentiating Raw from SmackDown. Cody Rhodes. WWE loves their Cody Rhodes, man. Simple. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying Cody. I'm not buying this story. I'm not buying this fucking feud with Brock Lesnar. Cody has hit a wall creatively. Now, WWE, because they won't put Cody Rhodes in the Money in the Bank ladder match, now they got him feuding, going into Money in the Bank, and his opponent tonight for Money in the Bank was named, and that person is Dominic Mysterio. I am not excited about this match. I could not give a single shit about Dominic Mysterio and Cody Rhodes wrestling at Money in the Bank. And that's just the way it is. WWE has hit a creative wall with Cody Rhodes. That is the best that WWE has for Cody Rhodes going into Money in the Bank. Now, I will say this. I will preface what I have to say with this. Is it going to be a heat magnet in London? Yes. That crowd's going to be all over Dominic, booing the shit out of him. And Cody's going to get a mega, mega heroes reaction in London at the O2 Arena. So I'm telling you right now, the match should be entertaining because of the crowd reaction. Doesn't mean I want to see it. Doesn't mean it's good. But that's where we are with Cody Rhodes. That's the best that they got for Cody Rhodes. Now, I think everybody kind of seen where this was going last week when Dominic slapped Cody Rhodes and ran away like a bitch to hide behind Rhea Ripley. So I think from last week, we kind of got a glimpse as to where WWE was going. We didn't really know. We were kind of holding out hope maybe Cody Rhodes gets involved with the Money in the Bank ladder match. And that did not happen this week. We got the confirmation. It will be Cody Rhodes. We got the graphic. It will be Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio. Uh, the pay-per-view, Money in the Bank, in three weeks. I was hoping that there'd be some more story to this. And there is a, a, a possibility that we could get this. There is a possibility that there will be more layers added to this. And it's just not Cody and Dom or Brandy getting involved with Rhea and all this other not. I hope to God not. I really hope to God not. I was hoping that if they announced this match that we'd get some sort of story with the Judgment Day, being that they're feuding with Seth Rollins. Maybe we'd get Cody and Seth Rollins forming a very temporary alliance to battle the Judgment Day going into Money in the Bank. But that doesn't look to be on the plate right now. Maybe that happens next week. Maybe they build towards that. Maybe it happens for one week as we go into the pay-per-view. But being that Rollins is challenging Balor... And Cody is wrestling Dom. It would make sense that they join forces to battle the Judgment Day. Now, we'll see what happens with that. But Cody versus Dom, the way that I'd like to see it play out is the same way that we pitched it if Cody was in the Money in the Bank. I feel like Cody, if he was in the Money in the Bank ladder match, I think the idea going around and the idea that was being discussed by a general consensus here in the community would be, Cody Rhodes climbs the ladder, he gets to the briefcase, he puts finger finger uh, prints on the briefcase, fingertips on the, brief, on the briefcase, and then out comes Brock Lesnar, and he destroys Cody Rhodes, 
and ruins his chances of winning the money in the bank briefcase. I think that same thing applies here. And if I'm WWE, I'm actually taking a chance on this because Cody's hot, right? Cody's over. Cody's got the crowd behind him. And you need to build that adversity, right? Because he's eventually going to slay the beast. He's eventually going to conquer the the beast Brock Lesnar. So he can afford to go into this pay-per-view with what I'm about to do here creatively. I would have Dominic beat Cody Rhodes. That's what I'm doing. If this match is being planned for money in the bank, I'm having Dominic, obviously with help, with outside interference, I'm having Dominic beat Cody Rhodes at Money in the Bank. I'm doing the same thing you would do if Cody was in the Money in the Bank men's ladder match. I have Brock Lesnar show up, and I have Brock Lesnar screw over Cody Rhodes and help Dominic Mysterio win, as that would get him the biggest win of his career. Simple. Simple. There's no ifs, ends, or buts about it. Cody beating Dominic is... It's going to be counterproductive for what you want to do with Dominic. Dominic beating Cody Rhodes means everything to him. Cody losing because of Lesnar. I mean, nothing really changes there as Cody's going to go on to SummerSlam and there's a stipulation attached to that and Cody beats Lesnar. All will be right in the world. Dominic losing to Cody will have not that good of of an effect on on Dominic. He, He needs that win. Because right now he doesn't really he doesn't really have any momentum. And like I call him, he's Rhea's bitch, and that's all people really know him as. But if he goes in there, he has a good match with Cody, and then he gets the assist from Brock Lesnar, I think that's gonna really kind of slowly move him up. I, I think that would garner a lot of heat. I think that would be a good look for him, and that would give him some much needed momentum where Cody doesn't really need it. Because he's got this fucking looming shadow. Of Brock Lesnar just following him around everywhere he goes. So that's what I do there. So we'll see what happens with that. But, I mean, for all the geeks out there that are excited about this Dominic and Cody Rhodes match, I'm not. I'm not. I find it to be fucking creatively inept and lazy. That's the best WWE's got for Cody Rhodes going into Money in the Bank. So much that they have stretched out this Lesnar feud From WrestleMania weekend all the way till August 5th for SummerSlam. Who asked for that? I was done after the second match. The first match, actually. The second match was fucking worse than the first match. Now we're going to get some sort of stipulation that WWE is slowly bringing back to the fold. Something reportedly that we haven't seen before. A lot of people are predicting a possible bunkhouse brawl or a bull rope match or something along those lines. Whatever the fucking stipulation is, I don't care. I don't. There's nothing there solid for me to invest in as far as the story. There's no fucking hatred. There's no realism. There's no logic. There's no story. How can I care about what Cody does to Brock Lesnar when there's no fucking story? We got WrestleMania weekend. We got April, May, June, July. Four months of Cody and Brock, and it doesn't have a why. Do you imagine? Can you imagine that? 
Four months of a story and the most basic and most important question of any wrestling angle, why wasn't answered? Are we going to get the answer? Probably not. What does Cody do after he slays the beast? I don't know. What does he do on Monday Night Raw while we wait until he supposedly wrestles Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40? What do we do? Does Randy Orton come back? Are they setting up more adversity with Randy Orton hopefully coming back against Cody Rhodes? Now that's a story. And if you fail to tell that story, I don't know what the fuck is going on in WWE creative. That's something that I've been interested in ever since Cody stepped foot back in WWE. That's something that I would invest my time in. It's the only thing that makes sense. Where does Cody, if you're giving him adversity, where does he go after Brock Lesnar? That's what we need to start asking now. What does Cody do after Brock? There's not a clear route. There's not a clear path for him. He can't challenge Seth. Why would he do that? That's not the title he wants. The title he wants is the one that Roman has. The story that needs to finish is the one Roman has. Very, 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 very interesting situation for WWE. Will they tell it the right way? Will they guide Cody to where he feels a little bit better than he does going into this feud with Brock Lesnar? Only time will tell. And after what we've seen so far, I have no faith in them making me give a shit about Cody because they destroyed all of that coming out of WrestleMania. Seth Rollins and Finn Balor was also announced for Money in the Bank. That will be a match seven years in the making for the World Heavyweight Championship as they wrestled for the first ever Universal Championship back at SummerSlam seven years ago. And I'm looking forward to that. WWE is continuing to build tension between Finn Balor And Damian Priest, we'll talk about that as well tonight. Matt Riddle and Gunther have seemingly been set up for the Intercontinental title at Money in the Bank. And Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens more than likely will still continue to feud with Imperium going into the pay-per-view as Imperium was basically robbed out of a tag team title shot or tag team title win today uh, with Matt Riddle interjecting himself on behalf of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. So we got a lot to talk about. We'll get into all this tonight on the Monday Night Raw post show. And I appreciate you guys joining me this evening, man. We got 2,200 people in the OTS venue. Thank you guys very much. You guys are still coming on in. Grab a seat, grab a beverage, enjoy the show. We got some uh, major announcements here, man. Number one. Before we get into the review, I want to make sure you guys are aware. I have a brand new show. If you guys want more wrestling talk, man, I got it for you. Tomorrow night, me and my guy, Andrew Baydala, you guys know him as Ticket Drew. Very, very good friend of mine. Very good mind as well for what we do here in the IWC. Very down-to-earth, very logical, good takes. We got a damn good show brewing tomorrow night, man. Episode one of what we call the Tuesday Night Titans. TNT for short. We're going to be live on YouTube. We're going to be live on this channel, 830 Eastern tomorrow night. 
So if you guys are uh, bored of NXT, you know where to come to get your wrestling fix, man. We're going to talk about what happened on Monday Night Raw. We're going to get his view on all the major happenings in the world of pro wrestling. All the biggest stories talked about on Tuesday night. TNT debuting tomorrow. Ticket Drew and JD episode 1, 830 Eastern. Look forward to it. Hit that subscribe button. It'll be in your sub boxes. Can't wait to join you guys tomorrow night live on YouTube. Go check out all the other content that I've uploaded here on the channel, on the homepage. Everything you need is there. Live streams are there. Extras are there. Everything you need is there. If you missed anything, check the homepage. Appreciate all the support. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We got 490 likes. Unacceptable. We got 2,100 people in here. I need 1,000 likes minimum on the post show tonight. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. And chill around the fire pits with our cold beverages. Memberships are open. If you guys want to get them on in, always accepting applications for new members here in the VIP club. Right here on OTS. I got another major, major, major announcement that I I can't wait to tell you guys, man. I am so fucking excited about this one. Jesse kind of teased it on Wednesday. This is probably the fucking coolest announcement that I've ever made as a content creator. This shit, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. I'm just waiting on word on when I can announce it. I'm NDA'd out the ass. It's going to be fucking great, man. Can't wait. Tonight's show is sponsored by Z-Biotics. My friends over at Z-Biotics are sponsoring the show tonight. Z-Biotics, a pre-alcohol probiotic that will help you with those rough mornings after drinking, man. We'll talk about my friends over at Z-Biotics a little bit later on in the program this evening, but they are sponsoring the show right here for the Monday Night Raw post-show on OTS. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get into the Monday Night Raw post-show. We're going to start at the top, as always, with WWE recapping Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio with Cody Rhodes. 
And that's exactly what we get into this evening as Rhea Ripley is the first thing that we see. And she has presented a brand new championship belt. Brand new women's world championship. There was no prior announcement. This is what I don't understand. And this is the kind of shit that irks the shit out of me. Asuka got a televised ceremony. She was given the WWE Women's Championship, the remade WWE Women's Championship. They hyped it up. They had a graphic for it. It was on .com. It was hyped up on Twitter. Rhea Ripley got no such thing. They didn't talk about it before the show. There was no social media post about it. There was no .com. Nothing. They just went in blind, went in cold, and presented Rhea Ripley with a brand new Women's World Heavyweight Championship. So not only is WWE using the term undisputed for the titles on SmackDown, they can't even go out of their way to give Rhea Ripley a fucking televised segment that was, I would say, enhanced or hyped up before the show even went on on the air on USA Network. How important is that title to everybody in the company if Rhea Ripley doesn't get a fucking hyped up segment that is promoted before the show goes on the air? I found that to be a little bit bothersome. They should all be created equal. But these titles are not because of the big logic gap where one is undisputed and the other is not. Undisputed means that whatever title is undisputed is greater than the other set of titles. Dominic complained about the booze and the crowd being disrespectful. Everyone knows behind every great woman is a great man. Cody Rhodes then comes out and interrupts. Cody came out. He's got one arm. He's got that bionic arm. He's fucking doing his entrance. Whoa! Got one arm. Can't lift his arm to do the intro and the entrance for his theme But he's over there doing stalling vertical suplexes to The Miz in the opening match. Gotta love it, man. You gotta love Vince McMahon's logic for Cody Rhodes. He could sit there and do, whoa! Right? Can't lift his arm there, but he could lift his arm doing a fucking tope suicida through the fucking ropes. You fucking break. Nobody sees this shit but me. Nobody calls this shit out but me. So he's out there. Cody entered the ring because they could talk about Rhea Ripley's beautiful new belt with a legacy that she is building. He says they could also talk about his match with The Miz later tonight. So we got a video wall on the video screen, video showing Dominic last week calling Cody a deadbeat dad. Cody said he'd rather have heard from Brock Lesnar Accepting his challenge, but he said Brock doesn't have the balls to answer his challenge. Oh, you just wait, Cody. Cody is going to get a nightmare at Money in the Bank. I hope. He said instead he would challenge Dominic to a match at Money in the Bank. Fans chanted, you suck at Dominic. Cody told Dominic it's either a yes or a no. Fans chanted, yes, yes, yes. Rhea Ripley said Dominic is more of a man than anyone in this arena or watching at home and even Cody himself. So he accepts. The Miz all of a sudden jumped Cody from behind. Cody 
clotheslines him over the top rope. Dominic runs up to Cody and from behind beats him down and runs away. He got a cheap shot in on Cody. He fled and ran up the aisle with Rhea Ripley as they both laughed and walked to the back. Nothing really uh, important happened in this opening segment. Nothing really of note is to be talked about outside of Rhea Ripley being granted the Women's World Heavyweight Championship. That was it. In an unadvertised segment, Rhea Ripley was gifted a brand new Women's Championship that looks exactly like Seth Rollins' World Heavyweight Championship, but on a white strap. Quite nice. I think it looks great on the white. So this goes into Cody and The Miz to open the show. The Miz has been on uh, a couple of weeks of this I can work shtick. I don't know what they're doing with The Miz. Apparently, Miz wants to show everybody that he can work with some of the best talent on the roster. He wrestled Ricochet. He wrestled Rollins. He's having some damn good matches. I I say damn good matches as... uh, I would say middle-of-the-road stuff for The Miz. A lot better than what he was doing. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here and start calling Miz a complete turnaround, fucking grade-A-level performer all of a sudden. He's having some admirable matches. Serviceable is a good word. Serviceable matches. This match was not serviceable. I don't know what the fuck this was. This was sloppy. This was unexciting. This was very bland. You know, there are good dance partners and there are bad dance partners. Cody and Seth Rollins, a great dance partner, right? Great dance partners to one another. Even Seth Rollins and The Miz, very good dance partners to one another, right? Cody is not a good dance partner for The Miz, and The Miz is not a good dance partner for Cody Rhodes, yet here we are for a second time, and I don't know why we are getting this match again. Who asked for this? This was boring. Everything about this match just lacked enthusiasm and excitement. Rollins had a better match with The Miz than Cody had with The Miz. He would think that The Miz could work with somebody like, if he could work with somebody like Rollins, he sh- certainly should work with somebody like Cody. No, no, no. Not the case. Cody's got the bionic arm. He's got the bionic arm, man. It's fucking Lex Luger out there with the steel plate in his elbow. He wrestled with his arm in a cast. The Miz took control by driving him arm first into the steel steps. Uh-oh. It's attacking that arm. Rhodes fought back after a break. Hit a side effect, a clothesline, a power slam, a disaster kick. All with a broken arm. He did all this with a broken arm. Goes for a cover, gets a two count. Miz kicked his leg out of his leg. Nice Owen Hart throw back there. Then he hit the it kicks and a DDT for a two. Cody Rhodes was bleeding. I don't know where he was, where he was bleeding from. It looked like he had a gash on his arm. It looked like he had red in his hair. I don't know where he was busted open. But it looks like he went into war with John Moxley tonight. Rhodes blocked a skull-crushing finale, and then he hits a Cody Cutter and a crossroads for a one, two, three. That's basically it. Went nine minutes. I don't know what you want me to tell you, man. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Cody beats The Miz. What else do you need to know? 
Was this Cody's valiant victory going to get him ahead of Brock Lesnar? No. It's just the fucking miss. Now he moves on to Dominic and Money in the Bank. Rhodes left the ring. He signed an autograph for a young fan. He's shaking hands. He's fucking walking grandma across the street, carrying her groceries. Cody's trying to be the hero in WWE, man. They're turning this guy into John Cena week by week, nauseating. This guy's out there. Vince is turning him into, I don't even know who the fuck I'm watching anymore, man. I don't, I can't see Cody Rhodes. I can't see him. It's out there shaking everybody's fucking hand. I don't need you to shake everybody's hand. You should be fucking pissed. Lost the title. Lost the opportunity against Roman. Brock is fucking kicking your ass. You got a broken arm. He's out there shaking hands. It's going to get old before it gets any better, man. Moving on. Becky Lynch. She's walking past the Alpha Academy. They're showing Maxine Dupree some holds in the back because she's going to wrestle Valhalla of the Viking Raiders. Oh, great. Oh, great. Another feud I can't wait to fucking not watch and care about. Becky Lynch, next segment. She walks out there and she talks about the money in the bank briefcase that's hanging above her head. You know, Becky Lynch... Becky Lynch is one of the biggest names in the entire WWE, and she is my favorite. My precious. Gotta get it in. I gotta get it in. She said the money in the bank holder gives the owner leverage. To strike fear into the champion. She said people do crazy things when they are scared. She said she struck so much fear into Trish Stratus that she got herself an insurance policy in the form of Zoe Stark. All of a sudden, Zoe Stark's music hits the PA and she comes out to interrupt, man. I wish she hadn't. Zoe Stark walked out. She got a microphone in my in, in her hand. And she said she's heard enough. I heard enough too, Zoe. I heard more than enough. She said Becky has accomplished a lot, but she'll never get to beat Trish. She said she's also somebody that won't be able to beat her at Money in the Bank. She said she can add it to her list of failures. Just like this segment was a fucking failure. Becky says she's had so many failures, but she learns from them, and that's what makes her great. She said she knows that Zoe is built like a pit bull, but she lacks personality. You ain't kidding. All of a sudden, Zoe starts yelling at Becky and asking if she owns a damn mirror. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who is the worst promo of them all? Might be Zoe Stark. Ridiculous. She said Becky became relevant off somebody breaking her face. Then the fans start what? The what chant to Zoe. That's when you know the fans have had enough. She told them to shut up. Becky told her to come to the ring. At that moment, Chelsea Green came out with Sonia Deville and asked the crowd to shh. 
Chelsea Green and Sony Deville are out there. Chelsea Green asked Stark if her name is Zoe or whatever. Zoe made a move towards Green to try and make Chelsea flinch. It did not work. Chelsea walked out and said she came out to ringside last week because she didn't want her tag team partner to lose her rightful slot in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Becky told Green to head to the ring so she can show her why she's famous. She threw the mic down and was ready to wrestle Chelsea Green here tonight. This entire segment was fucking awful. Fucking awful. I, I, I don't know what you want me to tell. This, this, this segment, this segment does nothing to enhance Becky, Zoe, Chelsea, Sonya, or the Money in the Bank ladder match. Everything about this segment reeked of Vince McMahon. Everything. I don't know how this shit is allowed to make the airwaves. Becky Lynch is a bad promo. She's got more bad promos than she's got good promos. Zoe Stark was fucking off. She sounded awful in this promo. I don't know who's teaching them. I don't know how you spend all that time. And listen, I'm a Zoe Stark guy. I really am. What she does in that ring is great. She's a great wrestler. She's ferocious. She's intense. She gets it. She wrestles like a woman should wrestle. But I don't know how you spend all that time in NXT and you're this terrible holding a microphone. I mean, what are they doing down at the Performance Center? Does she do anything as far as promo work? Has she learned anything as far as promo work? Then you got Chelsea Green and Sonny Deville out there. I mean... I think Chelsea's great. I do. But this shit ain't working. Nobody gives a flying fuck about Chelsea Green. They are so low on the totem pole. It's it's just irrelevant. Chelsea Green is irrelevant. Sonia Deville is irrelevant. I don't understand how anybody enjoyed this segment. I really don't. Most of the women suck on the microphone. Most of them do. It's a fucking epidemic in WWE. Charlotte sucks. Rhea is getting a little bit better, but she sounds overly scripted. Becky sucks. Zoe sucks. I mean, is there anyone in the WWE women's division that cuts a good promo? Nobody. They all sound overly fucking manufactured. Bianca Belair sucks. They all suck. The only one that could cut a promo, the only one that is halfway decent is Bailey. That's it. That is the only woman in the entire fucking company that cuts a decent promo. What are we doing? No wonder the women's division is looked down upon. They can't even cut a fucking promo. Becky Lynch wins in seven minutes. What do you want me to say? Becky Lynch is in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Is she going to lose two weeks before the fucking pay-per-view? Green was in control, mostly with a headlock. Becky came back, disarm her, tap out. Chelsea Green taps out. 
Backstage, Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Rhea Ripley, and Dominic, all of Judgment Day. They were walking together, chatting. Damian Priest told Rhea Ripley she should get a new belt every week. Rhea Ripley said Cody is going to get smacked at Money in the Bank. Balor, he was standing there kind of drifting off into his own mind, drifting off into his own thoughts. Ripley asked if he was okay. He says he's got a lot on his mind. Priest says he wants to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. And tonight it's against Riddle. And he wants to fight this one on his own. There you go. These little inklings, man. These little Easter eggs. They're planting the seeds for what is to come. Damian Priest wanted to wrestle Seth Rollins on his own. Damian Priest wanted to wrestle Matt Riddle on his own. Damian Priest is going to be on his own. Damian Priest is getting kicked out of Judgment Day. Mark my words. Damian Priest is going to be a babyface solo on Monday Night Raw. And the performances by Damian Priest coming out of WrestleMania have proved that he is enough to be the next main event guy on Monday Night Raw. He's great. Balor's not being kicked out of Judgment Day. And nobody else is being kicked out of Judgment Day right now. Damian Priest is getting kicked out of Judgment Day. And they are going to replace him. Finn is going to replace him with J.D. McDonough. No doubt about it. That's where this is all leading. And you're going to get this tension building. You're going to get this tension leading into Money in the Bank. Priest is in the Money in the Bank ladder match with the men. Balor's wrestling Rollins. I'm sure there'll be some story there. That's exactly what I see happening. He wants to do everything on his own. Finn is going to look at this and say he doesn't need Judgment Day anymore. He doesn't respect Judgment Day no more. He doesn't take his Judgment Day brothers and sister seriously. He doesn't want their help anymore. So get rid of him. Get rid of him. He wants to do everything on his own. We'll send him packing on his own as J.D. McDonough fills in for Damian Priest when all is said and done. And I think that's the right way to go about it. That is absolutely the right way to go about it. If J.D. McDonough is not in Judgment Day, I've I, I seen some people seeing uh, or tweeting or talking about Judgment Day is all going to split up. They're all going to go their separate ways. Not yet. It, have, it hasn't reached the height that it needs to reach yet. Why would you break them all up? Dominic cannot survive on his own. Dominic right now with Rhea Ripley is one of the hottest acts in the company. Why would you break them away? I don't get it. Balor has been enhanced, believe it or not, in the Judgment Day. Balor's great on his own, but Balor's boring on his own. Balor as a heel in the Judgment Day as a leader is great. I like that role for him. You bring in J.D. McDonough to team with Balor, that's a good pairing. That's that's, That's legitimately teacher and student. I don't know why you would not entertain that. If Judgment Day breaks up and they all go their separate ways and J.D. McDonough is on his own on Monday Night Raw, he's a, he's a fucking dead duck. He's dead before he even gets started. But in Judgment Day, with Rhea and Dominic and Finn, he could be the new psychopath. He could be the new guy that they help mold into the next Damian Priest or the next Balor or the next Dominic. It's going to be a great role for him. I don't know why we're talking about this Judgment Day breaking up completely, all all them going their separate way. That narrative needs to go away. Not ready for that to happen at all. 
Matt Riddle and Damian Priest. Money in the Bank qualifying match. This was the best Money in the Bank qualifying match that we've gotten so far in the weeks of build leading up to the pay-per-view. This was great. This was easily the best Money in the Bank qualifying match so far for both the men and the women. Damian Priest, man, how good is Damian Priest? How good has he become? Everything he does is fucking great. Now, we didn't see this side of Damian Priest, man. Damian Priest, you know, we didn't see this. He's getting the reactions. He's wrestling like he's got a fucking fire lit underneath his ass. Judgment Day's hot. They are the biggest faction in WWE outside the bloodline. I don't know if there is much of a bloodline right now. We'll see how that plays out. But right now, Judgment Day, they got their own little problems here with Balor and Priest. But Damian Priest, man, he is he is knocking everything out of the park that WWE gives him. Legitimately. The stuff with Bad Bunny, the Judgment Day stuff, this match with Seth Rollins last week, this match with Riddle this week. Some great shit. You're looking at the next main event guy in WWE. He's already proved it. He's been proving it. Leading Judgment Day, he's proved it already. And WWE is absolutely going to break him away on his own because they see the same thing. Riddle held control for the first couple moments of this match. Riddle with a German suplex. And then they start trading strikes back and forth. Priest cut him off with a falcon arrow. Riddle applied an ankle lock following a commercial break. He transitioned from the ankle lock into a sleeper hold. Priest counted it, dropped him with a clothesline. Priest then charged that Riddle in the corner, but Riddle grabbed him, jumped up, and hit a triangle between the ropes. He he basically worked the referee's five count, and he held the hold until the referee asked him to break the hold. Priest came back, headlock driver for a two count on Matt Riddle. Damian Priest set up for a top rope razor's edge. Matt Riddle slipped out, hit an avalanche, fisherman suplex for a near fall. Priest grabbed Riddle off the middle rope, hit the razor's edge, literally out of nowhere, for the one, two, three. And Damian Priest qualifies for the final spot in the men's money in the bank ladder match. So the field is set for the money in the bank ladder match. We got Butch, we got Damian Priest. We got Shinsuke Nakamura. We got uh, we got uh, Ricochet. We got Santos Escobar, and we got LA Knight. I seen some people on social media, and I said this myself on social media, and I will agree with everybody that the men's match is lacking star power. The men's Money in the Bank ladder match is lacking star power. It is a very predictable men's Money in the Bank ladder match. That's just the fact. Now, that's not a bad thing because there's one clear, overwhelming, decisive winner here. And I think that winner is on everybody's mind as to who is going to win this Money in the Bank men's ladder match, and that is LA Knight. And I don't think anybody has a problem with that. Nobody should have a problem with that. Damian Priest is not going to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. Something's going to happen there where Balor interjects or... Something's going to get, something's going to happen. Tension's going to continue to rise. Butch is not going to win money in the bank. Why would Butch win money in the bank? 
Why would somebody by the name of Butch win money in the bank? Let me at him! Let me at him, Scoob! No. Now, Butch is not winning money in the bank. Neither is Damian Priest. Ricochet, love Ricochet, one of my favorite wrestlers in the entire company. He is fucking championship material. He is. But he's not going to win the money in the bank briefcase. He's not. He's only in there because he can jump off a ladder and, and make cool shit happen in the, the, the ladder match. That's it. Santos Escobar. Love Santos Escobar. He's not ready for that role yet either. The only one that makes sense is LA Knight. Nakamura. He ain't winning it either. Mid-card for life is Nakamura. This ladder match is very much lacking star power. Now, on the opposite side, the women... They have star power. They got Bailey, they got EO, and they got Becky in the same fucking match. Last year, last year the men's money in the bank ladder match had how many fucking top-tier guys in it? This year, there's not one top-tier guy in it. It's all up-and-comers. I guess that's where WWE wanted to go this year. I guess that's what WWE gets, or I guess this is what the fans get when, you know... The winner of this match is more than likely not going to challenge Roman Reigns for the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship. None of these guys are challenging if they win. None of these guys are challenging Roman Reigns. They're all going to challenge Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is going to be the guy that they target. Now, WWE has set up NXT to be a part of the potential cash-in you can cash in on any world champion. You can cash in on Raw. You can cash in on NXT. You can ca- cash in on Roman Reigns on SmackDown. That's not going to happen. But the inclusion of NXT for the Money in the Bank briefcase is utterly fucking ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. Why would you do that? That would make the Money in the Bank briefcase holder look like a fucking schmuck at the end of the day. Hey, I'm going to win this briefcase, and instead of challenging Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship, I'm going to challenge NXT's world champion on their developmental show Tuesday night. Why would you do that? That would be like, I don't know. Let me take an Atlanta Brave, for example. That, That would be like Acuna saying, you know what? I want to go back and play for the AAA Gwinnett Braves. The fuck are you talking about? Why would you do that? Unbelievable. Why? I don't even know why they've included NXT in this thing. It's either Rollins or Reigns. That's it. NXT should not be a part of the potential cash-in. It should not. But the men's money in the bank ladder match is lacking. This is why I've, I don't want to say, I guess stressed is a good word. This is why I stressed Cody should be in the match. At least it would give you a little bit of that unpredictability. And without Cody in there, McIntyre's not back. Sheamus is not in the match. You know, none of those other bigger guys is in the match. AJ Styles is not in the match. Edge is not in the match. None of these big names are in the match. It's all it's all secondary guys, all mid-card championship-level guys. The only one I see winning this thing is LA Knight, and we may get LA Knight for Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship, which I have no problem with. But it's very predictable. 
But I guess in this case, even though it is glaringly predictable, it's a good predictable because L.A. Knight is the right outcome there. And I think everybody unanimously wants L.A. Knight to win money in the bank. But, I mean, I, te- tease me a little bit. Tease me a little bit, man. Gunther. He was there with Ludwig Kaiser. He marched out after the match with Priest and Riddle. Priest faced off with Gunther before telling him to go pick the bones of Matt Riddle. Gunther smacked Riddle around a little bit, dropped him with a big chop. This was payback for Riddle beating up Kaiser and Vinci, Giovanni Vinci, last week. So clearly you see where they're going with the IC title match. Gunther versus Matt Riddle at Money in the Bank. Sign me up. Should be a banger. Kathy Kelly. She was backstage. She interviewed Cody Rhodes. It is bionic arm. Cody Rhodes is out there, right? Cody Rhodes interviewed by Kathy Kelly. She asked for his comments on his match against Dominic at Money in the Bank. Now that it is official. He said Ripley accepted on his behalf. Said Lesnar won't show up and Dom won't go away. They're really stressing that Lesnar won't show up and Lesnar will not answer Cody's challenge. That's basically confirming without really confirming that Lesnar will be a money in the bank and he will show up. He said he loses his mind when the fans lose their minds singing his song. He said he is clinging to every second of his path to finishing the story. I wish the story and this book ended already. He wished Dom Dom, Dum Dum, good luck knocking him off his path. Thank you, Kathy, for the interview, he says. This guy is so fucking nice. He's thanking fucking interviewers now for the fucking interview time. Holy shit. Byron Saxton interviewed... Oh, oh, Natalia. Natalia. I'm I'm sorry, man. Oh, man. man. Every time Natalia's on my TV, man, I just... Goodbye. Lights out. Lights out. Better than NyQuil is Natalia. He interviewed Natalia backstage. He asked about how she isn't the same Natalia since losing to Rhea Ripley at Night of Champions. She hasn't been the same Natalia for fucking how long now? Decade, probably. Right? Who gives a shit? She said being her hasn't gotten her anywhere and maybe she doesn't even know herself anymore. I don't want to know you. She walked away. I don't even know why she got television time. What the fuck did this do? Are we really teasing a Natalia character adjustment? She walked away and sacked and then saw Sammy and KO. Two more interesting characters. Saw Sammy and KO walking by and asked about his tough loss to Gunther KO last week. KO said he came close, but tonight they've got a chance at payback. In walked Gunther and Kaiser. Kaiser said, payback is what happened to Matt Riddle. Payback is what happened to Matt Riddle. Sammy asked what happened to that third guy, Baldy. Adam Pierce walked up and asked what the problem was. Sammy said there was no problem. Kaiser challenged them to put their tag team titles on the line tonight. Owens shouted that he was fine with that, so he was going to change out of his shorts 
and T-shirt into a different shorts and T-shirt. Gunther started staring at the tag team titles. Sammy says he should take a good look because he's looking at the undisputed tag team championships. Gunther told Pierce to make it a title match. Pierce said, I'll think about it. Ricochet made his way out to the ring. We got Ricochet and Bronson Reed. While Ricochet was making his way out to the ring, we got a promo from Indus Cher and Chinder Mahal. It's exactly what I want to see on my Monday night. Jinder Mahal. Jinder said their job isn't done when it comes to Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. But if they accept a rematch, every one of their fears will be justified. Every one of my fears is justified every time Jinder Mahal is on my fucking television. These guys are winning the tag team titles, aren't they? Give it time, give it time. Ricochet and Bronson Reed. It's went eight minutes, and Bronson Reed wins by disqualification. Man, I like the little uh, merry-go-round that they're doing here with Ricochet, Bronson Reed, and Shinsuke Nakamura, man. I quite like it. Nakamura, he walked out to ringside to watch this match. Ricochet fought back after a commercial break. Drop kick the big man, Bronson Reed. Suicide dive, springboard, cross body. Knock the big man down. And a lion salt. He goes for cover, gets a two count. Bronson Reed caught Ricochet with a lawn dart. He lawn darted him into Nakamura. So Nakamura got angry and attacked Reed for the disqualification. So Ricochet argued with Nakamura until Reed ran both of them over. Ricochet saved Nakamura from a Bronson Reed tsunami, and they worked together to bring Reed down with a big superplex off the top rope. Ricochet and Nakamura then stared at each other as the segment came to a close. So Ricochet wants to beat Bronson Reed. Shinsuke Nakamura has a problem also with Bronson Reed. So we're probably headed towards a triple threat match between these two, uh, these three men rather. Uh, It would be tough to have a triple threat match with two guys. Triple threat match with these three men before money in the bank happens because Bronson Reed is not in the money in the bank ladder match, which I find to be very wrong. I think Bronson Reed should absolutely be there. That's just me. But there's not enough room for him. WWE only went with the six spots this year. Normally they do eight, sometimes 10. They only did six this year, which I quite like. I think six is the sweet spot. I think eight is too much. I think 10 is just overdoing it. So backstage, we got Sammy chatting it up with Kevin Owens and asked him about blowing up at Imperium. Kevin Owens got anger issues. He says he's been doing that a lot lately. Owens said it's due to months of stress with the bloodline and now Imperium. I wonder if that's actually going to play into WWE. Hopefully not. Breaking up Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I don't know why they would. Why would we break up Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens right now? I wonder if WWE is actually teasing that as well. Because I just have a feeling. I I don't know what it is. I just have a feeling within the next couple of months, they are losing these tag team titles. Whether it's to Indusher, whether it's to Imperium, I don't know. 
WWE has done Imperium versus KO and Sami Zayn quite a few times. How many times can you legitimately have Imperium lose to KO and Sami Zayn before they actually win? Something about it, man, just doesn't feel right. He says they speak European, and he should understand it with his French background. But he doesn't know what they're saying, and it stresses him out. Sammy asked if he's good to wrestle. KO says, yes, I'm great. Sammy said, that's all that matters. Owen says he's going to get water and asked Sammy if he wanted water. Sammy said he does. So they're getting ready for their match in the main event for the tag team titles, which were on the line tonight against Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser. Ricochet was backstage. He told Adam Pierce that he needs a rematch against Bronson Reed after what happened. Pierce said Reed is already booked against Nakamura next week. Of course he is. Well, Monday Night Raw has matches booked already for next week. Color me shock. It's not really a Vince thing to do, huh? Ricochet asked Nakamura to explain what his problem was because that fight was his. And he didn't ask for his help and he doesn't need his help. He says, if that happens again, then they'll have a problem and they'll need to deal with it in the ring. Ricochet is trying to act all tough here. Nakamura said, it's nothing personal, but it's his turn to succeed where Ricochet has failed. He says he can have Reed after he is done with him. Finn Balor. He walked out and he's about to address Seth Rollins. He wants to talk to Seth Rollins. Seth made his entrance. Fans sang along with his song. Seth got in the ring and Balor was angry. And the crowd just kept singing his song over and over and over and over again. How long before this all is just over the top, overdone, and it's not cool anymore? The fans, WWE, man, typical WWE, they take something that's hot and they beat it over the fucking head and they beat it to death. Rollins and the fans singing Rollins' song has already been overplayed or outplayed. I'm not even enjoying it anymore. I I did not enjoy it in this segment. They just kept going and going and going and going. And all I wanted to do was listen to Finn Balor talk. Well, all they did was kept egging it on, egging it on, and egging it on. He kept angering the fans, and they kept singing louder and louder and louder. Ridiculous. Says he wants to talk to Seth Rollins. They kept singing his song. Said the fans better shut up, because he's been waiting a long time to say what he has to say to Seth Rollins. They sang louder and louder. Says they should sing about what Seth did to him seven years ago, When he was the top draft pick on Raw, he beat Roman Reigns on his first night. And then three weeks later, he beat Seth to become the first ever WWE Universal Champion. Fans kept singing. Seth kept smiling. Balor said, this isn't funny. It's serious. They sang louder and louder and louder. Seth asked Kansas if they were having fun. And they sang louder and louder and louder. Balor says he's not having fun. Neither am I. And he says he's been waiting seven years to say what he has to say to Seth. Seth asked, what do you have to say? 
Balor said what should have been the highest of highs for him in an instant became the lowest of lows because of Seth. He listed the injuries he suffered. He says it's a tough business and injuries happen. He said what's bothering him because these idiots won't stop singing. He kept just acknowledging the singing and they just didn't want to stop. Is that he thinks the fans like him, but they don't even know him. Seth asked, what are you talking about? Balor says he's talking about how he took everything from him. Said he took his momentum, his title, and a year of his career. He said now it's his turn to take it all back. He says he's going to take Seth's momentum and take a year from his career at Money in the Bank. So Seth is there and he's looking at Balor and the fans continue to sing his song. Seth started laughing and said the fans of Kansas were too kind to him tonight. He says he's not laughing because they sang his promo out of the building. He says he's laughing because this is the Balor that he's been waiting to see the last seven years. He says they went on career trajectories that were completely different because one of them got bitter and the other one got better. He said he is the best version of himself now and accepted Balor's challenge for a match at Money in the Bank. He asked Balor which version of him is going to show up to London. He said Balor is now a bitter shell of a champion who doesn't stand the chance, but the Balor who beat him to become the first ever Universal Champion with his arms hanging off his body has a chance. He says this current version is a little bitch. He left, left the ring, and Balor looked at him very angrily. Now, you know, for this type of world championship match, this didn't really feel like a big-time promo. It did not come off like a big-time promo. And it was actually dampened and hampered down by the fucking overabundance of fans singing the song. Underneath what Balor had to say was some important shit. Underneath the stupid singing from the fans, Balor actually cut a decent fucking promo. But the overabundance of WWE relying on the fans to sing Seth Rollins' song because they think it's cool, it's not cool anymore. And it's getting old incredibly fast. They need to dumb that shit down. I get it. It's all right if they sing the song when he makes his ring entrance, but for them to fucking continue egging it on when you're trying to sell a promo to build up a title match, I don't think that really did this promo any good at all. I don't think this did this match at Money in the Bank any good at all. That's just my take. Raquel Rodriguez, she went one-on-one with Shayna Baszler. She was out there with Ronda Ronda, three minutes. 
Man, that women's division is uh, lighting the world on fire, man. R- Ronda Rousey's out there with Shayna Baszler against Raquel Rodriguez. Three minutes. How am I supposed to care in three minutes? Baszler wins. Baszler rolled up Rodriguez from behind. And Rousey added to Baszler's leverage with a boot to the back as the referee did not see it. Great. Nobody cares. As you can see, the third hour is uh, just a complete waste of time. This is why we all say Monday Night Raw needs to be two hours. Doesn't get any better. Shad Gable, who is fucking great, by the way, is out there with Otis and Maxine against the Viking Raiders. This time it was Eric going one-on-one with Shad Gable. Two minutes. Two minutes. Imagine putting Shad Gable in a two-minute match. Imagine that. So Valhalla, I don't know who's interested in this shit, man. Valhalla charged that Maxine at ringside. Maxine arm dragged her. Gable rolled up Eric for a three count seconds later. Wow, man, Maxine arm dragged Valhalla. I can't wait to not give a shit about this upcoming mixed tag team match. Got a great-looking vignette airing on Rhea Ripley. I don't know why Rhea Ripley needs a fucking vignette, but here we are. Backstage, we got Finn Balor. He's chatting it up with J.D. McDonough. The fake J.D., by the way. This guy's uh, an imposter. He's the Irish ace. I'm the New York ace. J.D. McDonough. Bala told McDonough that it's not important to make friends, it's important to make money. McDonough thanked him for the advice and said he'd catch up with him later. Take your own advice on that one too, Finn. Priest walked up to Balor and said he seems to be in a better mood after getting the title shot that he wants against Seth. Balor said if Priest wins money in the bank, I got a question. Would you cash in on me if I was the world heavyweight champion? Priest said, no way. I don't know why you would ask me that question. No way. But he told Balor to keep his word with him as well. He said Seth has him up and down and all over the place, and it's causing tension between us. So he told Balor to end things with Seth at Money in the Bank. Some more uh, seeds planted here between Finn Balor and Damian Priest and the tensions arising. You guys know how I feel about this. I feel like with Damian Priest wanting to do everything on his own, Balor and the rest of the group are going to be kicking Priest out of Judgment Day. And in comes, as you saw, Balor chatting it up with his student, J.D. McDonough. I think he's going to be the one to replace Damian Priest in the Judgment Day. Kathy Kelly interviewed Seth Rollins backstage and said he'll beat Balor at Money in the Bank. And Balor won't just lose his mind, but Priest might be out on him as well. He laughed. He said he feels frisky and he feels spry. He says they should throw a monkey wrench into the whole thing. Next week, he is issuing an open challenge for his world heavyweight championship. You know, we're getting a little too cozy with these open challenges. These companies are becoming a little bit too reliant Uh, And I mentioned companies because AEW is fucking notorious for open challenges. These companies are becoming 
very reliant on open challenges. Now, I understand a TNT title or an international title from Orange Cassidy, a TNT title from Wardlow. I get it. But you don't see MJF having open challenges for the AEW championship. You don't see Roman Reigns having open championships for his titles, open challenges for his championships. Why? Why does Seth Rollins feel the need to have an open challenge for a second time now? He's held the belt for three weeks, and we have two open challenges. Two out of the three weeks he'll be champion, he is administering an open challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship. Why? Why are these companies so reliant on such a tired and overused gimmick? It doesn't make the title look good. It doesn't make Rollins look like a fighting champion. It makes him look like a fucking weak champion. That's the way I see it. The championship suffers when it's defended like that. You just gave Finn Balor an opportunity at the World Heavyweight Championship. It should end with that at Money in the Bank. Yet you're giving an open challenge to somebody, anybody on the roster, that's done nothing to deserve it. Why does WWE treat their championships like garbage? Imagine Roman Reigns issuing an open challenge on SmackDown for the Universal Heavyweight Championship. Don't you think it would make the championship look fucking less than? What is with this company not building up championships to be prestigious? I don't get it. It makes the championship look like shit. That type of match and that type of title, okay, should be at a pay-per-view. Every fucking time Rollins defends that title, it should be in a major feud uh, with, a, with a major opponent that he's feuding with at a pay-per-view. Rarely would I have this title defended on Monday Night Raw unless it makes sense. What are we doing here? Open challenges are WWE telling you, hey, we have nothing creatively for next week. Let's have fun with an open challenge. Meanwhile, we'll get some fucking schmuck who's done nothing to deserve a championship match, getting a championship match against Seth Rollins, and people will be like, oh, yeah, JD's complaining. JD's complaining. Title looks weak. You're blowing through opponents for this fucking guy in three weeks. Like, what the fuck are we doing? So fucking stupid. It's a world title. It's a world championship. It's not a television title. And I'm the one fucking complaining. Meanwhile, they're giving you garbage. They give you mediocrity and you scoop it up like you're fucking scooping ice cream. We got one open challenge. Keep it at that. I didn't mind the Damian Priest one to help establish the title. Now you're doing it again? Two weeks before Money in the Bank, before you give Balor an opportunity? Tag team titles. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defend the tag team titles against Ludwig Kaiser and Gunther of Imperium. Why not Giovanni Vinci? Well, Matt Riddle took out Giovanni Vinci last week, and that's why they put in Gunther 
here to team with Kaiser when it's normally Giovanni Vinci. So we got the bell ringing 20 minutes before the top of the hour. And I thought this was a very good match. Everything Imperium is a part of is fucking great. Everything that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are a part of are fucking great. It went nearly 20 minutes. This was great stuff. Predictable outcome, but great stuff. Sami Zayn fought off both guys. Gunther tagged himself in, leveled Zayn with a big boot. Also got Owens with a big boot off the apron. Gunther dropped Zayn onto the apron. He then fights back, hits a sunset flip, sit-out powerbomb. And the crowd was very much into this match. Owens made the hot tag. He took it to Gunther with some offense. Owens dropped Gunther after some clotheslines, followed with a senton, an exploder suplex, a super kick, a cannonball, and a senton bomb off the top for a two. Excellent offense by Kevin Owens. Gunther gets up. He blocks a stunner. He counters Owens with a big boot. Both guys are doubled down. Each guy tags out. Zayn comes in. Kaiser comes in. Zayn gives Kaiser an exploder in the corner. Zayn ducked a big shot from Gunther outside the ring. Gunther hit the ring post instead as he chopped the ring post. Kaiser blocked a blue thunder bomb. Hits a rolling fireman's carry or a Death Valley driver. Kaiser wiped out Owens with a suicide dive that nearly took him out, too. He barely got him. He hit his feet on the ropes, flying through the ropes, and he landed hard on the outside. Gunther, I swear to God, man, I thought they were about to give the tag team titles to fucking Imperium here, man. Gunther absolutely slaughtered Sami Zayn with some clotheslines where I thought the match was fucking over. I didn't think Sami Zayn was kicking out of these clotheslines. That was the closest fucking three count I think I've seen in months. Gunther hit another big clothesline on Sammy. And again, another near fall. Legitimately a fucking eyebrow hair. Away from a three. Imperium hit the Imperial bomb on Sammy Zayn, but Owens broke up the cover because he shoved Gunther into Kaiser and Sammy to break up the pinfall. Kaiser posted Owens, which led to Riddle marching out with officials following behind. He somehow got involved. Gunther knocked out Riddle before he hit the ring. Owens took it to Gunther on the ramp and hit a DDT on Gunther. Zayn in the ring nailed Kaiser with a blue thunderbomb. And Sami Zayn wins with the blue thunderbomb for the one, two, three. They retain the tag team titles. And the show goes off the air. So it looks like we definitely got Matt Riddle versus Gunther being planned for money in the bank. Riddle challenging Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. I'm all for that. Take my money. I think that's going to be tremendous. Looks like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens will be still embroiled in a war with Imperium. We may get that at money in the bank. We may save that for SummerSlam. I have no idea. What we do, but it looks like we're continuing Imperium versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. So this match here, this tag team title match, spawned two other matches that we could potentially see at Money in the Bank. We'll find out what the tag team title situation is going to be within the next two weeks of build. Seth Rollins challenged Finn Balor for the World's Heavyweight Championship. That's set. Cody versus Dominic at Money in the Bank. That's set. Damian Priest gets the final spot. For the men's money in the bank, that is set. We got some decent build 
for the Money in the Bank pay-per-view on this show. All in all, it wasn't a bad show. It wasn't a bad show. Was it perfect? Monday Night Raw is never perfect. It will never be perfect. At three hours, it will never be perfect. Was it a serviceable show? Sure. Sure. It wasn't as offensive or egregious as in years previous or weeks previous, I should say. But Monday Night Raw, they delivered on some very simplistic storytelling. They forwarded some stories going into the pay-per-view, and that's all I asked for. It's really all I asked for. And some of these matches at the pay-per-view are going to be bangers. Money in the Bank is shaping up to be a very good show on paper. And I know most of these matches are going to deliver when we get to London because that crowd is going to be so fucking hot. The worst match is going to be a serviceable, average, at best match. So I thought they did a decent job at building the pay-per-view tonight. And Money in the Bank is shaping up to be a damn good show for WWE. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here. We are about to get into the Super Chats in just a second, but I need to let you guys in on my sponsor for tonight's show, and that is Z-Biotics. Make sure you guys check them out. I will leave a link in the description for you. Make sure you check them out. I'm going to step away for a little bit, then we'll hit the Super Chats. Tonight's Monday Night Raw post show right here on Off The Script is brought to you by, sponsored by, my great friends over at Z-Biotics. Guys, you know me very, very well. I love my nights out, and I love my adult cold beverages. But let's be real. Every time we go out and we have a few too many, we don't bounce back the same way that we used to when we were younger. It's either have a great night out or have a great next day without all the headache. That is until I found Z-Biotics, today's sponsor right here on Off The Script. Drinking alcohol produces a toxin called acetaldehyde. It's this toxin, not just dehydration, that causes the worst morning after effects of drinking. Using genetic engineering, we built a probiotic that breaks down acetaldehyde. We started with a natural probiotic bacteria found in a Japanese superfood called natto. Then we altered its DNA so that it produces an enzyme that breaks down acetaldehyde. This is similar to what your liver does, but our probiotic does it better. After spending a year building a prototype, we put it into a drink with this hypothesis. Before drinking alcohol, you drink our probiotic, and it works in your gut throughout the day and night, breaking down acetaldehyde and setting you up for a great next morning. Learn more at zbiotics.com. Zbiotics, it's a pre-alcohol probiotic, and it's the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. It's very simple, guys. The way it works is when you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not the dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down, and it's designed to work like your liver, but in your gut, where you need it most. You know, the first time I actually used Z-Biotics was during the holiday season last year, and I knew I was going to be drinking a lot with family and celebrating the Christmas season. So I took a Z-Biotics before we actually went out, and I was actually surprised at how it worked the next day. I had the gym the next day. I had to get up and go to the gym, and I'm like, I don't want to miss my gym session. I don't want to call Genius up and tell him, listen, bro, 
I can't come in. I had a few too many. But I took a Z-Biotics. I drank responsibly. I woke up the next morning, and I was ready to go for the gym no matter what I drank the night before. So it does work, and I am a testament to that. And normally when I go out and I do my thing and I know it's going to be a long night, I always pack at least one Z-Biotics with me to get the job done. I want you guys to give Z-Biotics a try, man. Go give it a try for yourself. Go to zbiotics.com slash script and get 15% off your first order when you use scripts at checkout. Zbiotics is also backed with a 100% money-back guarantee. So if you are unsatisfied for any reason whatsoever, they will refund you your money, no questions asked. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash scripts and use code scripts. At checkout for 15% off. And I want to thank Z-Biotics for sponsoring this podcast right here on Off The Script. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into the Super Chats. Tonight here on the Monday Night Raw Post Show. We're going to start at the top with Michelle Moran. $2 Super Chat. What are they turning KO into? And do you like it? I do not. I don't think it's funny anymore, to be honest with you. I think KO is just better as a badass who kicks everybody's ass. But this is what happens when Vince McMahon is involved in the creative decisions day to day. Craig with the nine months. Thank you, brother. Nine months in the venue. I appreciate you. Sammy won the match with the Blue Thunder Bomb. That made my entire night. LOL. OTS for life. I love that Blue Thunder Bomb, man. It's one of my favorite moves in all of pro wrestling. John Barelli with a 199. Thoughts on Monster Magnet and Sticks. Monster Magnet is not my type of music. And come sail away with me. Please. Take me away. Phil. For the 999. I understand people's frustration when it comes to the open challenges, but for Seth's new title, I think it's great. If it continues to be a bi-weekly thing, then we can discuss it on being too much. Phil, you don't need to have open challenges to be considered a fighting champion. There's no reason for Seth to lose this championship so soon. He will become a fighting champion when he gets the mileage on the championship that is needed. Open challenges diminish the title and make it seem like a standard TV title. If you have a world champion and a world championship, it should be taken as prestigious and treated as such. Would you would you have Roman Reigns defend in an open challenge? If the answer is no, then neither should Rollins. Tony Brown with $4.99. JD, Chelsea Green has excellent booty meat. Yes, she's quite nice, Tony Brown, but not my favorite. Phil with another $9.99. Thank you, brother. All six men selected for the Money in the Bank ladder match will have a chance to win their first world championship. It's the making of a superstar right before our eyes. Predictable, yes, but I love the field. I could see I could see someone thinking that way, but does Vince McMahon really look at Santos Escobar as a world champion? 
Does Vince McMahon look at Ricochet as a world champion? Does he look at Butch as a world champion? Come on now. Come on, man. King of Cubs with a new membership. King, what the fuck are you drinking tonight, brother? Jesse, get this guy something fresh. What? What are you talking about, man? Get the fuck out of here, bro. Seriously. I don't even know why I come here. I don't know why you're even here, bro. Seriously, you and your Larry hatred, man. Take a walk. Ridiculous. This fucking guy. I'm going to dump you. Matt Fugitive with two months. Thank you, JD, for all that you do. Two months down with many more to go. Matt, I'm happy to hear that, man. I love that energy. MGM Ballin with a 19 months. Raw was okay, I think. Doesn't matter. OTS is always the best part of Monday night. 19 months down, many, many more to go. Ballin, I love that energy, brother. Thank you. Jason Barker with a $50 super chat. What's up, Ace? What a boring Monday Night Raw, but I'm liking the seeds planted from J.D. McDonough. Potentially going into the Judgment Day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Priest is out. McDonough is in. JC720 with 10 months. Hey, JD, finally caught up on all the OTS episodes. Works a real pie. I think you mean pain. I think you forgot the N in pain, brother. Works a real pain. I kind of like the Rhea Ripley Championship. The white strap just looks better anyway. Yes. Michael Reed. I see you in the chat. Yes, I have a soundbite of Jess. I wanted to film like uh, a little thing for the unveiling of my mother's basement. It didn't come out the way that I wanted. So uh, I just used the soundbite. Now it's uh, forever ingrained in the show. Uh, Justin, JC, thank you for 10 months. Justin with 10 months. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets on winning their first championship ever. Also, hope you have a great week, JD. Thank you, brother. Twenty-four with a one ninety-nine. Rhea may have the best look and entrance in the biz. Yeah, she's got a good entrance. I like uh, some of my favorite entrances. Man, are uh, House of Black. I think that's a great entrance. WWE used to have great entrances, man. You know, WWE used to have creativity when it came to the entrances. Not anymore. Doesn't look like they want their uh, superstars to have any identity. Joseph Taylor with a $6 super chat. 
two things, J.D. Did you ever watch the show Cheers? No. And in the words of the late, great Chris Canyon, who better than J.D.? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody's better. Phil with a 9.99. Final one. Now, you could keep them coming, Phil. Thank you. I just want to say thank you for everything you do. You've helped me so much throughout the years I've listened to OTS. I can't thank you enough. Stay safe. God bless and OTS for life. Phil, thank you so much, brother. D apostrophe with a 199. The brand split and draft got nattied. We can start saying that it got murked. For Nick Merckx, huh? What a terrible situation that is, huh? Unbelievable. Johnny with a $2 super chat. You the best, he says. Thank you, Johnny. Jedi Joker with a $10 super chat. 2013 had a show hosted by The Rock where there was a guy on there named Sean. He was an aspiring wrestler and my pick to win. Dude had charisma for days. Fast forward 20 years. And he's about to be Mr. Money in the Bank. Yeah! I love LA Night, man. Also, with a $2 Super Chat, Jedi Joker, the show was called The Hero. Krauser with four months. Thank you, brother. Four months in the OTS venue. Hey, J.D., I heard people were attacking Matt Hardy for comparing O.C. to The Undertaker. All he said was O.C. to Tony is whatever Taker was to Vince. Go-to guy. Well, Krauser, this is what happens when somebody doesn't listen to the full context of a fucking show and they take clips or they pull pieces from a written interview and don't give you the full context. I am always on the opposite side of this as people love to clip me one minute Yet they don't really get the full gist of what's going on and they leave out the most important parts of what I have to say. Just to make me look bad. That's what they do. That's what they do. The Bard with a $5 super chat. Heel Sonia is the best on the mic. She proved it during the pandemic era and the feud with Naomi. WWE has wasted Sonia for years now. Bro, WWE doesn't give a shit about Sonya. The only time that Sonya is cared about by WWE is when it's Pride Month. Other than that, she is a a fucking irrelevant superstar to them. 11 months out of the year. Mike NY with 13 months. Hell yeah. Thank you, Mike. Captain Solo with 23 months. The OTS venue is the place to be. Everybody acknowledge J.D., the original tribal chief. Yeah! Thank you, brother. And a $5 super chat by Captain Solo. He leaves a number one emote. Funny Rob Bebe with two months. LFG, OTS VIP Club, your favorite Bay Bay, not named Adam is here to stay, Bay Bay. Boom. Thank you, Rob. 
The Bard with a $5 super chat. I know you're not a fan of Nia Jax, but she lost a lot of weight and training with Angelo Dawkins, Apollo Crews, and Charlotte. She actually looks good. I will never put down anybody for trying to better themselves in the gym, man. I'm doing the same thing three days a week at a high level, and uh, good for her, man. Good for her. Good thing to see. A lot of people should be on that journey. Eugene Morgan with 11 months. Better than NyQuil, Natalia, is going to have to be a thing going forward. Natalia is better than NyQuil. Absolutely. They should rebrand it. Maybe I'll make it a t-shirt. Let's put Natalia's face on a fucking bottle of NyQuil. Natalquil. Joseph Gonzalez with a 499. It's Rollins' job to make his opponent look good. And instead of shutting the crowd down to let Balor speak, he let the fans sing. Seth failed at his job. Joseph, it is very difficult to uh, disagree with you. I did not like that segment at all just because the crowd was just all over the place. Why doesn't the whole locker room run out for these open challenges? Aren't these belts supposed to be valuable and highly desired? Yeah, they don't make any sense. Bro, that open challenge should have been answered the fucking moment it left his mouth. Guess nobody wants the world championship, huh? DeMarco Adams with a 999. This is his first super chat. DeMarco, I appreciate you, brother. Love the show, JD. You're the realest podcast going today. Question for you. If they split up the tag team titles to WWE and World, how would you book it? And who would you give each respective titles to? Uh, DeMarco, I would have one title, and it would be on either Sammy KO or Imperium. I think Imperium is one of the best tag teams, if not the best bell for bell tag team in WWE. Dom Wapo with a 499. Enjoyable show tonight for me. I don't want anyone kicked out of Judgment Day. Just add JD and maybe a match between Priest and Balor, but that's it. John Borelli with a 199. Thoughts on Yoko Zuna? I thought Yoko was fucking great. I love Yoko. Aracia with a 220. J.D., what do you think of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth? I can't wait, Erasia. I may have to play the old one again. I don't know what's taking so fucking long. I thought this game was already made. Krauser with a $2 super chat. Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul next week. No. Maybe, but I hope not. I think Logan Paul is showing him next week because he's going to interject himself and be the seventh man in the Money in the Bank ladder match. That's just my that's just my opinion. Steve Winyard with the two dollars. Ronda has to be the face of Nyquil, not Natty. Well, listen, Natty could be Nyquil and Ronda could be Dayquil. Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. 
Is Drew McIntyre staying in WWE or going to AEW, in your opinion? And are you more of a Zelda guy or a Final Fantasy guy? I'm more of a Final Fantasy guy. For sure. In fact, I may actually download... I didn't know the uh, demo for Final Fantasy 16 was up. I may have to download that uh, after the show is over and jump into it and see how it plays, man. Because I'm contemplating... Which one am I going to buy? Or is it going to be both of them? Do I go buy Diablo? I've never played Diablo before. Will I like Diablo? It looks very intriguing to me. Or do I just wait for Final Fantasy 16 to come out because I'm more of a Final Fantasy guy and that game looks fucking great. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do, folks. I don't know what we're going to do. Anyway, guys, that is uh, McIntyre. I think he stays with WWE. I think McIntyre stays with WWE. I do not think he goes anywhere. The longer he's out, the more time they're going to add on top of his contract because his contract isn't up yet. So the more he refuses to show up for work, he's only uh, ruining, ruining it for himself. Anyway, guys, I am about to get out of here. I appreciate you all hanging out tonight. What a show, man. What a show. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. That is Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys tune in tomorrow night. Joining me, my co-host on Tuesday nights, Andrew Baydella, for our new show called Tuesday Night Titans, TNT, episode one. What are we going to talk about? The fuck do I know, man? It's called Off the Script for a reason. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Lots of stuff over there, man. If you missed any of the live streams last week, if you missed any of the extras that I uploaded this past weekend, today there was another one. Go check that stuff out. There'll be more tomorrow. More content tomorrow for you. Thank you for the Super Chat, love. Thank you for the memberships and the recommitments to the VIP club. Check out my sponsor, Z-Biotics. Link will be in the description of this very video, man, and pinned in the comment section. Check them out. The more you check them out, the more they want to stay on board and be a part of the family. And continue to hit that thumbs up, guys. We got 807 likes. I need 1,000 minimum. Let's try and get us close to 1,000 before we get out of here. I'll see you tomorrow right back here on YouTube with more news right here on OTS. I will see you guys tomorrow, man. TNT, 8.30 tomorrow night. Extras in the afternoon. Have a great Tuesday, guys, and I'll see you right back here on OTS.